What's going on, everybody? This is Jerome Moore, host and creator of Deep Dish Conversations. And firstly, I want to say thank you for all of support and thank you for exploring the perspectives of social change with me on this platform. I want to encourage you all to like, subscribe, and follow us on YouTube and on your favorite podcast listening platform. And make sure you give us a five-star rating if you're loving the Deep Dish Conversations. I appreciate all of the support again. I hope you all enjoy this episode. Tanea, how's it going? Welcome to the platform. Thank you for inviting me. Glad to be here. Now, I had to get you on here uh, because I think what you represent, what you do, who you do it for um, is needed, especially in a time like this. Um, so, um, and it's always great to have uh, a woman's perspective, a black woman's perspective, because I can't speak to that perspective because I'm clearly a man. Uh, I'm glad you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so we want to get into all of it. Um, so, you're not from here. No. You're not from here. So tell us a little bit about where you're from, who you are, and how you got into, you know, firearms. Okay. Well, I am an East Sider from good old Tacoma, Washington. Um, the West Coast shouted. So if we out that way, um, people from Seattle would tell you to stay away from the evil East Side. <laughs> um, so Tacoma back in the 80s and uh, early 90s when I was there um, was when gang banging was at its high, you know what okay. I mean? When gang banging was in, Boys in the Hood was out, Minister Society, we talking about pre-Boys in the Hood right. days when it was just getting started. Um, so I lived in an area where um, it was high. Um, so at a very young age, we were taught um, how to stay aware of our surroundings, mm -hmm. um, mind your business, right. <laughs> you know, why you out here in these streets. Right. Um, but we also dealt with at the same time, you got gang banging going on, and so you know that hit the black culture hard um, in black communities. Um, but at the same time, again, I'm in Washington State, so we have serial killers going on, Ted Bunny, the Green River Killer. Right. Um, you know, we just have all these extra things going on that says, yo, you need to be on your P's and Q's mm -hmm. when you out here walking. Because I was a walker. I walked to school, you know, elementary school, middle school. Um, and you know, you, there were certain codes and things you had to live by with right. certain things you did and did not do. And, but you learned to still enjoy life right. in the midst of it. But, um, situational awareness was from off top. Yeah. Especially being on the West coast, which is drastically different when it comes to like gangs and stuff like that yes. compared to the South, right? Which, yes. we you know, we, we got our less though. That's all learned from. Um, West Coast movies, movies, music, music, all exactly. That stuff. And so you have a you have a a real lens experience, right, experience. right, every day because it is a culture, right? It's like it it's, is. It's a it's a lifestyle. I'll even say, right? It is. Um, it is. That, it is. You know those people that are active and participate in that lifestyle um, live by. It's not just like a fad. It's not a trend. It's not like it's like it's a lifestyle. it's a commitment, right? You know. And yeah. the thing was in that day, so. I'm not talking about I was young and I'm watching old heads gangbang. I'm talking about I'm in elementary school and I'm watching my classmates and my friends and my neighbors get put on. Mm. You know what I mean? A lot of that would come from cousins from California coming to stay the summer. Right, right. <laughs> and then they putting folks on. So you have children claiming neighborhoods that are in whole other states. Right. You know what I mean? But now it's in full effect, and eventually it evolved into them claiming their own neighborhoods, but that was so we were seeing this, like you said, from the grassroots level right. of gang banging, watching your neighborhood become um, a, a set. 
Right. You know what I mean? Like that's that's we, we, that's different community building. Right. Than what some of us and, are and used you, to. And um, from from us outsiders, that mm-hmm. that that um, when I say outsiders, not from the West Coast, right? Because mm-hmm. I think that y'all, that's a different type of game banging. Right. Um, just because y'all thugging down that, here. Like origin. when I came down here, I feel like they would talk about gang stuff, but I'd be like, that's not. They would say Bloods Crew. I'm a Crip. And I'd be like, but what set are you claiming? Right. And they didn't have a set, but but uh, the South helped me understand thugging. Right, right. <laughs> what thugging was. Being a woman, <clears throat> how did that lens, like, because we always see it's the man that's game banging, right? Mm-hmm. But we know that, like, hey, women participate and in, in are affiliated and active in that life, too. So growing up, were you ever um, broached, try to be persuaded to, to be a part of that life? Um, I would look at it like this. Like, you're right. Um, there were a lot of female gangsters out here, too. And a lot of them weren't necessarily claiming sets. It's because I'm dating a banger. Mm-hmm. I'm kin to a whole bunch of bangers. You know, my family is banging. Um, Or you just got a group of girls that was cool with each other and kind of ran in packs. Sometimes me and my friends um, at the schools, they accused us of like running in packs or, you know, um, but like you say, it's culture though. This is my neighborhood. These are my friends. This is who I'm comfortable with. I know she got my back. She got my back. She got my back. Just because we're not actively gangbanging doesn't make us a target for people that are. Mm. So I got to have a plan too. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I, you know what I mean? And, but that culture, like you said, um, it's a different type of community. Yes, you look at it. Yes, gangbanging is definitely uh, a negative uh, flaw hit on the community. However, that culture of claiming your neighborhood, being proud of where you're from, you know, not letting somebody from the outside come on the inside and disrespect, you know, loyalty, respect, honor, those things, it just becomes a culture around you. And you see consequences for crossing somebody within their own group. You know what I mean? You seeing people check each other, accountability, you know what I mean? So there's things you could learn from that culture that were still positive, I know some people are like, huh, in the community, because even, like I said, those of us that were in the neighborhood that weren't banging, right. but we still were close-knit, you still wasn't about to come up in our neighborhood right. and still, start no mess. You're still kind of affiliated. It's, you know? Right. You're right. You, you still, are. That's the word. I'm, affi- I'm, not a, I'm affiliated, but I'm not Exactly. Active, so. And when you went somewhere and they know what middle school you went to, what elementary school, you automatically affiliated with the east side. You're right. an east sider. Right. You know, and, and so, yes, those things were. Um, and like you were saying back to from a woman's perspective, on top of that, yes, there were females and um, that participate in that. But the biggest thing for somebody like me that was not affiliated but grew up around it and I was cute, walking to school, carloads full of gangbangers, slow riding next to you, hey, baby, trying to holler at you. Right. And you trying to keep it straight and keep it pushing, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it can go wrong in so many ways, right. even if I do give my number, blah, blah, blah. So now, th- remember, these are people that are territorial. Right. So if I'm his girl now... I'm his girl. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, then if you say no, mm. you might get talked bad too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. you might become all kind of bitches. Right. Um, and don't dare defend yourself because now you're going back and forth with somebody that don't care that you're a female that might smack the taste out your mouth. Right. You know what I mean? That might go to violence. Right. So 
from that perspective of being a young lady growing up in that era and not having family members that were gangbangers, um, like I said, people in the neighborhood, but they were my age. Right. So, you know, I didn't have like OGs looking out for me, you right. know, I had to get it how I had to get it. Right. So how did, um, so you, you, you had this amazing, <laughs> you know, adolescent journey in that, in that environment. How did that uh, help you navigate once you left that environment and, and moved around? I always felt like I was ready for the world young. Okay. Like, you know, like I said, I walked to school, I rode city buses, mm -hmm. you know, I did do some of my high school years there. So I did literally have to navigate the world um, from the mind of an adolescent right. at an early age during the time, like I said, we in the cracker, the gang era, right. uh, serial killers, kidnapping, you know, right. all these things going on. Um, but still managed to have fun. Like, yeah. man, I my childhood years was... Was I got into a lot of shit I shouldn't have. <laughs> I'm glad I survived. Hey, we all have. But you I have to say, childhood. right, but I have to say the environment I was in being the way it was and just having to adapt to that mm -hmm. helped me learn how to balance that out. Right. What role did your, uh, like, your immediate family, like, play into keeping you away and, like, but also... Uh, enabling you to have fun and, and still, you know, even in a maybe not the safest environment, but still, you know, have a great childhood. Yeah, so both my parents were in the military. Okay. <laughs> uh, Air Force. Okay. Um, my dad was gone a lot, um, overseas, stationed for years at a time. Um, so my mom, she was very involved. She worked. Um, she was a very early bird, get up early, get to work, get back. But she's cooking dinner. Right. She's coming to your games. You know, the neighborhood kids are coming over to play. We right. had a, a two-story house with a big backyard. Right. So she could keep us in eye's view mm -hmm. and, you know, so keep up with us, but also allow us to be free, right. play, be children. Um, and she was very involved. Uh, kept us. We the boys and girls club was a huge played a huge role mm. for a lot of us. You know, um, just and it was open till like nine o'clock at night. I don't know what this. These are little <laughs> after school programs. <laughs> the boys and girls club nowadays. I guess ours was like, look, we got to get these kids somewhere safe. They can have a good time, but be right. safe and off these streets. So, our boys and girls club was open. You go to after school, you stay till nine o'clock at night. On the weekends, it was like you know eight to four type stuff. Right. So. Um, you had that. We had community centers. Um, when things got really bad, there was a program called Young Life where literally they would contact our parents right. before we even got out of school on Friday. Right. Our parents would hook up with them, send sleeping bags, clothes. And when we got out of school, they would let you know we're taking you all to the mountains. Right. But, you know, back to that gangbanging stuff because something that went down. Right. It's probably going to be some retaliation. Let's get as many of these youth out of here and out the way as possible and then they take us to a whole nother world that we right. was not privy to the mountains and we'd have a ball that's wild like the like just being being from nashville and being from the south where like we don't we don't our city our communities don't have to prepare like be prepared mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for like that type of like retaliation and just knowing like hey such and such just got shot or this is happening yes it's going to be a war Yes. We have protocols in place to protect the youth so they won't get caught up in it. That's yes. that's that's crazy. Like yes. for somebody like and from my perspective, from, from my lived journey here, right. That those that's protocols out west. Like, okay, yeah, so this is a safe space. Exactly. Like, that's wow. And very like, like necessary. you know it's gonna happen. So and, <laughs> right. and necessary. Mm-hmm. 
Mm, art school, I mean, I went middle school with Shada while I was there. Me going going through uh, metal detectors, like the high school I went to, right. that was like regular life. So when I moved to the South to see things change, and, right. and I would ask, like, y'all don't have to go through metal detectors. Everybody like, where are you coming from? Right. No, <laughs> you know? And that was regular life for right. me. That wasn't, you know, that it was it was strange right. to get be a part of a system that didn't have that. Right. So all of that that you've seen could, could, could definitely be traumatic mm-hmm. um, and lingering trauma, right? But it seems like um, from the surface view, we're going to get into this. So we're going to get to really going to get to know <laughs> you. You know, you are now heavily involved in firearms, specifically, especially for women, yes. being able to learn about and learn how to use firearms and the president. That's right, <laughs> Madam President. Madam President, she got a t-shirt on y'all, <laughs> of a gun club, and we're gonna get into that too. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how, what, what contribution do you give growing up mm-hmm. in that type of environment and seeing those things um, and then kind of, in a way, bravely embracing it in order to serve build power, mm-hmm. um, be an advocate in community around things that could have easily be like, hey, I, I seen what this can do to communities from a right. negative perspective. I, nah, I don't even want to touch a gun. Right. How did that, right. what, yeah, what, so how, let's talk about that bridge. Let's talk about it. Um, because that's typically what it seems like our culture has gone towards is that fear. Right. So now I don't want anything to do with guns because these things happen, because of gang violence, you know, because um, Ray Ray shot up, you know, the liquor store or whatever, you know, some type of traumatic experience with guns has made our community shy away from it. Um, messed up laws mm-hmm. getting us jammed up as well or not understanding the laws and how to navigate through them have gotten a lot of us jammed up. That makes, again, people say, I'd just rather not have it. Um, When I lived in Memphis, I did not have a firearm. I was a single mom um, living in Memphis and and should have. (laughs) Like now, knowing what I know, I'm like, I can't believe I was out here naked all these years, you know. Um, But yes, growing up like that um, taught you too how to respect it. You know what I mean? And that's what a, a firearm is a tool. Right. And you got to learn how to respect that tool. Just like a knife, you know it's sharp and it'll cut you. A firearm, if wrong thing happens, it could shoot you, kill you. You know, so you have to have that respect in place. Um, being a child of military parents, you know what I mean? Understanding war, understanding right. um, that sometimes violence does get the job done. Right. You know what I mean? Um, we can't shy away from it. Um, right. And especially when it's brought to us, mm-hmm. what is your plan against this? It's here. Right. You know, are we going to fight? Or are we going to flight? Right. And I tell my class, either one is cool, just commit. Right. <laughs> you right. Don't know be in what the I mean? Right. <laughs> if you gonna run, run. Trust. Run, <laughs> like run. Just, just know I'm right. a runner. Just, just go. Let everybody around you know too. Hey, if there this break is. out, I'm taking off. I'm taking Don't off. depend on me. <laughs> Hey, at this age and understanding the laws and the rules that come with self-defense, especially right. using a firearm, if running is an option, I'm running because I don't have time for court. Right. You know what I mean? I don't have right. time for nightmares. Right. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot that comes with defending yourself, right. and we don't think about those things. So being a mother um, and living in Memphis and being a single mom at that, or let me say a mom that was single, 
Um, you know, then you start looking at how am I going to protect myself and my family a little different. As a woman, especially I grew up with a father in my home. You know, I grew up with an older brothers. Mm -hmm. So I grew up in a neighborhood full of boys that was gangbanging. So they were still protectives. Right. You know what I mean? So I always grew up around boys or men that was with it. You right. know what I mean? So I never had to second guess that if I was being attacked or if I was wrong, that somebody around me was going to handle that. Right. But I also knew because I walked by myself, because me and my brother had a gap in our ages, so we weren't always at the same school at the same time. Right. You know, um, and I'm walking with my friends. I have to be ready. You know what I mean? That man may not always be there. That person that we deem to be a protector may not always be there, which even I'm talking about our children. You may not always be there to protect your children. So with the rise in uh, single parenthood, and especially it being more the children are with the, the women, with the mothers, um, whether it's the aunties, the grandmas, they tend to be more around the women, and women tend to be more of the teachers and the nurturers, then we got some time we got to make up for. If I can train some women on how to be safe with a firearm, how to uh, just the fundamentals with it, how to properly use it, understand somewhat the laws, how to you know be confident with caring, then they can pass that knowledge down to their children. They can teach right. you know their sisters, their friends, or whatever. Because naturally, as a woman, that's what we do. Right. You know what I mean? They say, well, you, you, you show a woman, you teach a nation. Right. So That's I'm just trying to teach the nation. No, so. no. Hey, let's get into it because I'm sure that you're facing different challenges and barriers being a woman, a black woman, in structure with firearms than I would being mm -hmm. a man, being a black man, if I was teaching it, right? Right. Um, how have you navigated that? Because I'm sure... I know you primarily focus on women, mm -hmm. but I'm pretty sure you can train men too. You can train yes. any human being. You can train any gender. Right. Right. You know, anybody, you any gender. But so how have you, how have you navigated that, uh, being in that space where, um, male dominated, mm -hmm. uh, white male dominated, mm -hmm. uh, and being able to, you know, have a successful business, being credible, making right. sure people are not, you know, trying to just discredit you based off of just your gender, just, right. just start off there, right? right? How have you navigated that? Man, you have to know your lane, first mm -hmm. of all, right? So, yes, the industry overall, it, it may be male-dominated, but the growth right now is coming from the women. Right. You know, and the black, women is, the black woman is right up there. So that's who's purchasing right. firearms right now. That's who's interested. That's who um, is open and willing for instruction, mm -hmm. where sometimes my male counterparts... You know, they know women are their market too. I'm a threat. I'm a whole threat in the industry as a female firearms instructor because there's not a whole lot. Mm -hmm. So we're, we haven't saturated the market, but the women have. Right. So most women are gonna say, I can get this male instructor, or I can go to this female instructor. Right. Let me go over here with this woman, you right. know what I mean? And a lot of times because some man, hard eye roll, <laughs> probably uh, messed the experience up mm -hmm. off top, thinking he doing right, 
Boo went out, bought her a gun because he, you know, he thinks she need to protect herself. And he just went and got the, didn't take anything into regards. Didn't even know what to take in regards. It might be too big for her hands. It might be too powerful. Right. You know, just all those little things that matter. Right. Um, and so now he's taking her to the range with this big ass gun that she can't handle. Right. And, and, you know, and he's not doing a good job explaining and she's not understanding and she's feeling some type of way. And now he's feeling some type of way. And it's just a horrible experience right. so she don't want to touch the gun because what happens when you shoot a gun that you can't handle you right. tend to not want to shoot guns because especially if that's your first experience I'm gonna just assume all guns shoot like this one right. I don't know there's variety like right. when you come with me you know like I had a lady the other day I had a toy gun a 22 and a 9 mil right. and we started with the toy gun right. because guess what it's not intimidating right. she know it ain't finna shoot hard it ain't finna do nothing it's a toy what um, what do you see as some of the um, I guess I would say mental kind of barriers um, and inspiration that would uh, or yeah barriers in general that stop women from wanting to like go ahead and jump into that like lane uh, of like shooting a gun because it's still I think it's still a conditioning that women have to unlearn. Uh, of like, hey, you all can shoot, can shoot, just as well. Um, it can be just as deadly <laughs> and can just carry in general, right? Right. Um, so what, what are some of those, like, I guess, mental barriers and, mm -hmm. and um, learned behaviors mm -hmm. that you see that is preventing women from going ahead and making that leap? First, you have to get over yourself. Okay. You know what I mean? And, and at Surreal Self-Defense, um, our tag is uh, self-defense is self-love in action. So we focus on self-image, self-respect, self-love. We'll do all these self-checks, self-respect, and then we leave off self-defense, right? Self-preservation, you know what I mean? The important right. things that keep right. us here. Um, so again, like I said about um, getting comfortable with having that male in your life mm -hmm. that's going to protect you, you know what I mean? So really protecting and defending yourself never even really crossed your mind right. um, is a barrier. Um, it hasn't happened to me, so it probably won't happen to me, that whole ideal. Right. Um, and then you have the people that had the traumatic experience, whether it was their own personal experience or um, someone else. Um, a lot a lot of uh, victims of violence, mm -hmm. you know, firearm use in violence, domestic violence cases, firearms is like up there. Right. And that's what people are being threatened with. Um, so there's all kind of challenges and just straight up scared. Mm -hmm. This thing goes bang and it kills people. Right. And I really don't want no parts of it. You right. know, I, I get caught with this. I go to jail. You know, people right. just assume that. Like, I don't right. know if I'm supposed to have it. Can I have one in the chamber? So many questions. So that lack of knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. But I tell people it's still a mindset thing. So if you're not ready, that's cool. Just because your boo bought you a gun doesn't mean that you got to touch it yet, that you got to do mm -hmm. anything. But what I get on my men about, when I get that call for somebody, they setting up an appointment with me, and I start asking them questions about what kind of gun they have, if they have one, and they're like, I don't know. You know, I'm like, well, do you got ammo? They're like, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, well, who bought the gun? Like, those are red flags that you didn't buy this weapon. Right. And they'll say, my boyfriend or my dad or so-and-so. And I say, well, are they there? They say, yeah, put them on the phone. As soon as he get on the phone, I said, why would you buy her something so deadly right. and then not show her how to use it immediately? Right. 
not show her nothing about it. Like I'm getting guns, chicks showing up with guns straight out the box that somebody else bought for them. Right. Sometimes they showing up, they're loaded, right. ready to go. They don't have a clue. Wow. Because first thing I do, you don't get to walk through the door with your gun. You get to hand it to me, right. <laughs> and then I'm going to do the proper clearance. And it's been so many loaded guns that have wow. showed up. That some one chick that was going through a divorce, though, I was like, probably good, sent her out the door with a loaded gun in the box. Like, she had no clue. She don't know what to do with it right. to begin with. And then on top of that, you got to ride around with a loaded weapon. She don't know if it's loaded or not. Right. So I asked them straight up. Why did you do that? Right. <laughs> and they'll be like, um, man, I can't teach her nothing. Or, man, I was going to try to get to it. And I'll tell them, you just set her up mm. to get possibly robbed or raped with a gun that you bought. Mm. Because I know when my house got broken into and when my neighbor's house got broken into and people's cars got broken into, anybody who had guns in their house, usually that was one of the things that was stolen. Right. So they look for that. Right. Or they come across that. And when they do, if I, just think of it. It might have just been somebody pulling old B and E. I'm a, you know, she go to work. Now they come across a gun. Now I'm gonna sit on the bed and wait for her. Mm -hmm. See, I used to watch a lot of Montel Williams growing up, <laughs> and that was the story. Them yeah. rape victims that got raped in their house. Talking about, I got out the shower and it was somebody sitting on my bed. I used to watch stuff like that. I, I take showers different from home alone. That shower door is open. Ain't right. no bathroom door closed. I got to hear everything. Right. Yes, the strap is on the little thing <laughs> right by the shower. It's there. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. I do think different now because, again, it's that whole, you were saying, challenges and barriers right. that it won't happen to me mentality is going to get you messed up every single time. You got to treat your self-protection like insurance. I, I rather need have it and don't need it right. than don't have it when I need it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, cause uh yeah. I wouldn't you know, you just start thinking about playing all these scenarios of right. stuff that could happen and to be caught without right. it's gonna be a long fight. You dealing with specifically with women. Um in a society where um, well, I'm gonna break this down into two 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 societies, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. one society, <laughs> right? Um, where men in general are seen our protectors, mm -hmm. right? If we go and we speak in specifically about our black community, a lot of men have been taken away from families, from households, which has, in a way, um, forced women, black women, to have to step up and be and kind of, you know, take on some masculine characteristics mm -hmm. as, as women, right? Um, how do you think um, incarceration, uh, drug laws, um, structural racism, white supremacy, all of those things, um, all these social constructs that we are, you know, disp disproportionately affected by mm -hmm. than our, you know, other racial counterparts, um, in the United States specifically, how has that played a part in the tick in um, women gun ownership found mm -hmm. in black women? Yes, man, incarceration, huge part of it. Um, it's a huge part of, yes, black women having to um, accept that role as, you know, head protector in the home, um, but also 
it's a reason why black women don't have a firearm in the home because my man is on them papers and I don't know how I can operate with this in my home with him in my home. So where my other two A'ers, non-black two A'ers, don't have to teach that probably. Right. We talk about that a lot in class. How do you move how, with somebody how that do you is move? right? How, how do you move? Depending on how, like, there's, and then we always have to remember just because it's written down and on paper and they say, yes, you can have the gun, it just needs to be locked up in a way. You still have to be practical and you still have to remember you black. Right. You still have to remember they want this black man back where he came from, incarcerated. So if I can jam y'all up, even though you think you're following these rules because you're, properly storing it or is where he it can't be around him um you know how the system go right. it could still jam you up right. you know what i mean so that is a challenge because some people would rather just not be in that predicament right um even dating let's talk about it let's talk about it yeah. too because everybody knows what i do right right because you know that's one downside at least for me um is people assume it's on me Everywhere right. I go, people assume I got right. guns on me, which could be a good thing and it can be a bad right. thing. Well, Makes you a target. Facts. But in the black community, even in the South, we still treat it like it's not normal right. for guns to be a part of your life, right? right. right. So it, it, it's almost like you are some superhero if, A, you're comfortable concealing and carrying, you know, whatever out here. Because right. um, people still move. And I'm talking about like our parents, people that do, you know, stand up citizens, no questions about them, still hesitant right. about moving with firearms in right. today's society. In a society in the South where 2A is, you know, let's right. go, let's go. But back to that, so dating, it makes that difficult. People, dudes, you know, I, I date the brothers with the F on their report card too. I don't discriminate. Right. But we got to have that conversation. And I didn't even realize I had to have that conversation until somebody that was taking me out, he knew his own situation. He was like, right. uh, so are you going to have all them guns on you? Because <laughs> right. this is my situation. Right. Or it just got to the point when we hooked up, he would ask me, like, well, how many you got on you? Where are they on you? So, right. like, he's driving. If we get pulled over, all of them got to be on me, on right. my person. Right. I, I can't have it in his glove compartment. I can't have it where it looks like he could have access to it. Okay. So, um, so yeah, incarceration plays, like I said, that mental, right. you know, is it even worth me moving like this because I mess around and get hemmed up over right. just trying to exercise my Second Amendment rights. Right. But we do get that question a lot. Um, and I, now I just kind of bring it to the forefront. And I don't talk about it because I ain't nobody's attorney. I don't talk about it like I know or right. if you do it like A, B, and C, you're going to be okay. I talk about it like this is shit you need to think about. Right. You got this gun in your house and you got this man in your house who got an F on his report card. What is the stipulations of his F on his report card? Right. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, that's it, it's crazy because I never thought about it from a relationship standpoint, mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, I just never thought about it. But for, for as a person that, you know, can't can't choose who you grew up around, you know, you can't right. choose who your, your friends end up being. And those friends, for me, a lot of them, a majority of them end up having felonies for things they did when they was younger, when we was younger. Right. You know, some people got caught, some people didn't. But then, you know, you got to you gotta, you gotta be careful because of their situation because they're on papers. 
and how you navigate, you know, around them with your firearm and understanding. Yes. Because anything can happen, and this you got to be realistic in one being transparent. Like, hey, mm-hmm. look, you know, I got that thing on me. Right. Um, and I exactly. Know that you just got out. So, <laughs> right. so how how does this work? Right. How, how does this work? And if we do get in the situation, what do I need to do to make sure that you don't get caught up? From us just not being knowledgeable You're right. uh, about the situation, so that's not, I think that's important. That's an important thing to, to to consider and think about research. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, it's a lot of things to consider when you have a firearm, and I think where people just when we say training is important, training is important. They're right. thinking pick it up, shoot some right. drills. That's important too. Right. But when I say training is important, I'm like, no, you need to know what responsibility comes with that. Right. That exactly. just made you a superhero. Right. So what responsibility comes with being that superhero? Right. You know, like that arm, they looking at you like an armed villain. You looking right. at yourself like a superhero. Right. There's two different perspectives when we walk out the door. You know, so um, again, we talk, you know, I, I try to get in your head, even with kids. I, I One of the biggest ones I love asking people, you had Denzel on here. We know he's a martial artist. Denzel got swords and spears and all kind of wild stuff. So when we teach our home defense class and person defense, he'll bring some of that extra wild stuff that the average person is not going to have. Right. And I have him stand next to me holding, one time he was holding two swords, just standing there. And I'm talking to the class and I'm asking these men, and they're there with their women, and I'm like, uh, you know, well, what kind of firearms do you have at the house? So you got a pistol. They're like, yeah. I'm like, you know, where you keep it in your room? They're like, oh, it's in a lockbox. I'm like, is it loaded? They're like, nah. You know, it's not one in the chamber. I'm like, all right, well, you got a rifle? They're like, yeah. Where is it at? In the closet. I'm like, is it loaded? They're like, nah. Okay. You got a shotgun? Yeah. Where is it at? Oh, it's in the closet in the other room. Is it ready to go? No. Man, you ain't got no guns in your house. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I'm looking at it because right. I'm like, now how are you even getting to the rifle and the shotgun? The right. pistol is in a lockbox. It's not ready. And I always start for saying, this nigga just kicked your door in. Right. Exactly. With some swords. I'm right. shooting him. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm just, you know, I want to take you to right. some wild scenario, but right. to show you how ready you're not. People right. think I'm crazy because I keep one under the pillow. Well, if by the time if you made it to my bedroom door or just in my house, right, I ain't got time to be pressing no buttons on no box. I ain't hate no nose to do. Right, and everybody's answer, well, why they had their stuff staged, not ready to go, was because it was kids in the house. And I said, but you still have set yourself up not to be able to protect them same kids that you think you protecting mm-hmm. by keeping yourself so. so I'm not saying how to store your stuff. I'm not saying nothing's wrong with keeping it safe. I'm not saying, but we have to educate our children. We have to educate the people that are in the home. I had to tell my kids, even when I was practicing martial arts, you know, when I started carrying on me holster, ain't no more jumping out the closet scaring each other for fun. Right. You know what I mean? Like, real talk. We had to have a real conversation. There's no more doing that. Right. You know, and I didn't even think about that. My dude I was training with boxing at the time, he was like, yo, you getting quick, so don't be play fighting with your kids. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you knock one of them out. Don't be doing, you know, how you just do that with people. Like, right. don't do that. Because right. I don't think you realize, yeah. you know, where your skill set is going. Because right. you don't look at yourself as a killer. Right. Or maybe you do. But, you know what I mean? Like, right. and so it's, it's just so much that goes to it. But I tell everybody, especially my sisters, because, you know, our minds, Lord help us. But, you know, mental health is a, um, a concern. 
in all our communities, you know, not right. just black communities, but it's something we're getting more um, comfortable with talking about um, and being real with what's going on. So even when I was going with depression, anxiety, things like that, when I say I can't believe I didn't have a gun while I was in Memphis, I'm so glad I didn't have mm -hmm. a gun while I was in Memphis because looking back where I was mentally, right. I wasn't ready. You bring you bring up this word superhero a lot. Yeah. It's and so I'm looking at you as I'm looking at your position, your role, <laughs> your title. Tanea, black woman, woman, black woman with a firearm. Not only that, has her own firearm business. Mm -hmm. Not only that, the president of the Middle Tennessee Black Gun Club. Mm -hmm. Now, again, male dominated sports sector mm -hmm. all together business all together and you found yourself in this position to, to lead to educate um, to show to um, do all these beat representation right, right. Um, and I think it's all empowering and you are a superhero for women because mm -hmm. you just don't see that you just don't see that so how do all of these things play to you inspiring and being like you know a superhero beacon mm -hmm. uh, for hope for change for women out there that may be skeptical uh, of carrying a firearm wanting to learn how to shoot um, in the society that we live in mm -hmm. well yes I am a superhero for sure I, I walk around with my S on my chest um, but what we do is real self-defense. My goal is to teach you how to be your own superhero. That's our motto. And that comes from, um, like I said, a lot of people know what I do. So when I show up places, I get guys and girls that be like, oh, I feel safe now because the gun lady is here. And I always say, I only got bullets for me and my kids. Like, I don't know what y'all talking about. AKA, you need to be your own superhero. Right. Back to what you asked me about women. I can't wait for a man to save me. I can't wait for my neighbor to call the police. I can't wait. We don't have that type of time right. in a lot of these situations to be looking around about who's gonna save me. You, right. you signed up to save yourself the day you kept on breathing every time you wake up in the right. morning. Like, you right. know what I mean? Right. That is your responsibility. And when we add children to the mix, you know, now you just signed up to be the superhero and protector for many versions of you. Because right. it's all about survival, right? It's about my DNA living on mm -hmm. this planet to continue on, you know, and in order to do that, you gotta be able to protect yourself. You gotta be able to, I always say one of our mottos is um, build something worth protecting. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. People that don't care about life, that don't care about themselves, and it starts there. If you don't even care about your safety, and being able to defend yourself, you got other issues you gotta work through for it. Then you don't respect yourself, you don't love yourself. You know, there's other things that I could check off right. in self that you haven't accomplished or conquered yet about right. self to get to the point where you like, nah, I gotta make it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, you know, cause at the end of the day, if we, if I ask you, you know, all right, somebody come up, it's gonna be you or them, who's it gonna be? It's gonna be them. Yeah, it ain't gonna be me. If somebody got get, 
put down. I'm right. not trying to sign up for that. Right, exactly. You know, and I want to be able to fight fair, as they say. So right. if he got a gun, I want to have a gun right. too. <laughs> you know, like, right. okay, hold, give me a second. Right. Exactly. Ready? Let's go. Right. You know, but, and it's not always about the gun. My brother Denzel with Dynastic Garland, earn your way to the gun. So when we train, we ain't straight up. Like, I want to know where your mind is, right. but we can go ahead and get it and start working with it. No, nah, you don't have to care. I didn't start carrying a gun on me as soon as I bought a gun. I didn't even right. buy my first gun, a boo at the time. Whew, almost told him myself. <laughs> he purchased it for me because right. of a situation. I had a real, my neighbor was tripping. So we talking about that's that's too close for comfort. That's every day, right? Night, day, morning, don't matter. That's your neighbor. That's right. this is where you live, right. and we got a whole problem. And a man, it was several guys. I'm gonna call them guys that I went to that I'm cool with. And I was talking about the situation. Oh, he ain't gonna do nothing. We gotta stop that. Mm-hmm. When people come in and say, especially when the ladies and you are coming to you, especially as men, they come for a reason. Why? Because you're that symbol of protection. They coming to you and saying, hey, this is what's going on. Hey, I got this problem. And so many said, he ain't going to do nothing. They don't even know this dude. Right. He, he's already done too much the way I'm seeing. If I'm coming to you, obviously too much has already happened. Right. All right, so I'm getting turned down, turned down. So, again, I got to figure this out. But one person, he was like, you know what? Meet me at this address on this day. It was an outdoor gun range, and he brought, like, a whole bunch of guns, handguns, rifles, ARs, shotguns, and let me shoot different things just to kind of see, you know, get a feel for it. He was real calm, real cool about it. It was just like a day on the range, you know. And then after that, we would go, like, once a week, and then he purchased me a firearm, and then we just started training on that firearm, and then from there, I started seeking training from others. Mm-hmm. And when, then I went and got my permit. I was already dealing with guns a year or two before I went and got a permit. Right. After I got my permit, it was still about six, seven months before I even started caring right. because I went through a training, J.C. Shegog right. sure did, to how to pull out the holster. Like, we don't even think about stuff like that. It's right. funny because people show up to train, they got all the gear. They got, they got bulletproof vests, they got holsters, extra mags, you know, dope guns, way more expensive than the gun I got. I'm like, man, I'll kill you and take your stuff. Like, right. I'll rob you right, right. now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because right. you ask them simple things, you're watching how they gripping the gun, and you like, they don't have no clue to the right. basics. So TV, movies, this is really where people are getting their training from. Right. So, I don't know if you know this, but you may know this. Um, 50% of all crime here in Nashville is domestic violence. Mm. Around 70% of that, uh, the victims are women. So, mm-hmm. super majority of women. Like, you know, um, a lot of that is due to, one, they have just been affected most, and two, a lot of men just don't report. Right, 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 violence. right. So, so, it might be a little bigger tick on men, but... I'm pretty Facts. sure women are still going to be um, the victims in, in the majority of those cases. If um, I'm a man and a, a female friend of mine comes to me and says, hey, Jerome, I'm experiencing domestic violence or I'm just experiencing some type of, of threatening situation from a man um, and I don't feel safe, um, I'm going to feel like I can protect myself I don't know what he might do. It might, you know, it just might be somebody I, I see all the time or see, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
on and off. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel safe. As men, what are some best practices mm-hmm. other than saying, oh, don't worry about it. Oh, he ain't <laughs> going to do nothing, right? Mm-hmm. What are some best practices that we can take and be allies mm-hmm. in helping women? If we can't physically be there all the time, what are some ways that we can be allies in helping women to, to protect themselves when we're not there to pr- be able to help be mm-hmm. protectors um, of their life? Encourage them to take self-defense classes, martial arts, um, especially if they have children. That's a great thing to do together as a family. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but, man, keep up with that person. Ask, dig, dig deeper, you know what I mean? Right. Um, surface level. Um, so why are you around this person? You know, what makes you feel like you still got to stay there? You don't, you know, you don't have to take that abuse, right? Right. All right. You know what I mean? Like, um, there's, I I would say dig deeper, get more questions and see what is really the root cause. What is uh, keeping her afraid or uh, feel like this person may have a position of power. Maybe they pay their bills, you know, Mm -hmm. that's keeping them there in this situation. Um, Because anybody that... For somebody like me, that sound crazy. Like, right. dude, going outside your head, and you just like keep coming home every night. Right. You know what I mean? It like, and it, it happens now. so much. Yeah. That's why I said it's deeper than just somebody like me. That I, I know I can make it. So I'm pick up and go. I know I got a support system. Right. So if it mean I can't live here, I know I can go to my mama house, my right. brother house, my best friend house, and everybody don't have them options. Right. So. Um, I would find out, you know, more of what is keeping you there. Because um, I had that conversation with one of the martial artists I uh, work with. Uh, shout out to Jeff Dunner, Dunner's Academy in Murfreesboro. And, you know, because a lot of us don't have time to just take a consistent class. That's just the reality of it. And so I was asking him, like, well, can you show me, like, some practical moves? Like, he's like, what you mean practical? You know, I'm like, well, what if somebody trying to choke me? Like, what you mean choke you? Um, I said, okay, so what if a chick came to me and said, you know, sometimes my boyfriend drank a little too much and he gets a little, you know, hands on, he choked me, he don't, he not trying to kill me or nothing, but it gets uncomfortable. I'm not afraid, but I just want to know how to get him up off of me without me hurting him. Right. And he was like, that sounds crazy. I said, right, but it's a real situation. They know they're not leaving. They don't, in her mind, she's not afraid. She just associates it with when he drinks. He gets a little too much, and I want to be able to protect myself, but I don't want to hurt him. Right. You know, but even just asking that, when I said, okay, well, he was like, well, what does he do? I said, well, let's just say he chokes me. Is he choking you while you standing up, or is he choking you while you laying down? Mm. And when he asked me that, because those are different moves. Right. That's a different situation. Right. I can show you different things. So. Um, getting somebody involved that may can dig deeper and, and say, okay, well, we know this person not leaving this situation. Man, let me show you this real quick. And you pointed something out, too, I think, to us as, as men, we, 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 can, we can get the assumption that we have all the answers, right? And a lot of times the answer can be like, huh, take this, take this gun or take this knife or take this taser or whatever. Uh, but every situation is different. And I think what's empowering for you being here is that you have the mindset, the lens of being an actual woman, so you know how these scenarios can happen or what can happen because, like, you're you're that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can 
probably communicate and articulate better to to other women than a man could have because you you'll understand the situation which i think um is pertinent and, and, and necessary too um, mm-hmm. because i'm not going to think of everything as if a woman would think about it because i'm right. a woman right right um and so being as a man i think one of the good things having people like yourself women like yourself uh accessible and available is i can go directly to a source right hey Tanea, i have a female friend she's going through this now i know my direct response but but i'm not a woman right so you can dig in deeper and be able to show her how to handle herself and give her some practical lessons and or start training with you and taking those baby steps yes um and it's empowering to see you because like oh she's a woman too i can do it if she can do it right and also the questions i i'm gonna ask are gonna be different than the questions you're gonna ask where you digging deeper might just be something like well why are you letting them go upside your head and of course she's kind of looking like i ain't letting them it's not like i want it where i'm gonna say well are your children there when this is happening Mm -hmm. well yeah sometimes well how you think that make them feel Mm -hmm. you know what i mean because you start playing on a woman's babies right and she she's a different monster she's a different that's different Right. I can take this abuse, right. and I'm okay, but I ain't know it was affecting my kids, right. and I'm not okay with that. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, two, um, one thing we always ask our students before we start is their why. Why are you here? Right. Why do you want to learn how to shoot a firearm? And a lot of times, oh, I want to protect myself. I want to protect my family. I say, okay, well, then I'm going to ask you these three questions based on your why. Are you willing to go to jail for your why? Mm. They like, yeah. Are you willing to kill for your why? Mm. And are you willing to die for your why? Mm. And that's people sit there and think, yeah, you know, because that's what you're saying. When you take this with you, you're saying the reason why I got this is because I go to jail about my kids, about me. I die about me and my kids, and I kill about me and my kids, yes. And we don't, a lot of people don't think about that, like the, the dying aspect. Like no, you, you everybody think they're going to win man, the gunfight. Yeah, yeah, you can lose a gunfight. Man, yeah, a lot you, have. You can be in the right and lose. Man, seen wow. too many go down with it. The good, wow. the one thing too, I remember I was at a church in Memphis and the armor bear, whatever, he was standing up there. It was a big church and he had, he was open carrying, standing there the whole time. And afterwards I asked him, I was like, dang, we at church. You know, we're making, you know, I'm new to Memphis at this point. Right. <laughs> I was like, why do you feel like you need a gun at church? And he said, the good guys got to have guns, too. Mm. Yeah. And that always stuck with me. Yeah. Like, you know the bad ones going to have them, so. Yeah. Whether they legally or illegal, they going to have them. And, and I'm glad you said that, because let's talk about this permitless carry law real quick. Um, as black folks. I just, because I'm sick, because I deal more with that community. Even the white folks are doing it. Man, we have got to stop blaming that law for everything that happened. When uh, Dolph got killed, everybody's like, oh, that permitless carry. People can just ride around how they want to. Like, everything that happens with a gun and gun violence is not a direct reflection of whatever legislation is going on at that time because of, to your point, criminals, if I want to commit a crime, I'm not caring what the law is or is not saying. I'm not feeling empowered now that, oh, I could ride around with a gun now, so let me go kill them now where I had to have a permit. That's not how killers think. 
you know, so um, yes, I want us to stay on top of the laws, but we have to understand them. Um, and we have to be able to articulate them. Mm -hmm. We have to be able to, when the cameras are in our face and the news is asking us about something happened and you want to bring up a law, please know what you're talking about. Right. Because I'm just hearing um, all kind of different ideals and things, and it, it's not what the law is, you know. Right. I have people ask me all the time, are you for it, are you against it? I tell them I ain't for or against no laws because it's gonna happen regardless. Back in 96 uh, was when the permit came into play in Tennessee. Right. So we was dealing without a permit before then, and it's gonna change back right. eventually. It's that's how- It's relatively a new thing. Exactly, so it's just like, okay, so quit worrying about all the criminals you think now are gonna be riding around with guns and just worry about you. Are you a responsible firearms right. owner? Are the people you around, even if you don't wanna have a gun, in your house, in your presence, I still would advise learn gun safety, learn the fundamentals, because you never know when you're gonna be put in a position where you gotta handle a gun. Right, because you might have to disarm somebody. Or you might just be somewhere mm -hmm. and it's there. Right. I show up at the house or somewhere and there's kids and there's just a gun sitting on the table. I right. don't care if the owner is cool with that or not. I ain't cool with that. I'm dropping the mag, I'm racking the slide, I'm making sure it's clear, right. figuring out where I could put it safe to keep these babies safe. Right. Whatever I gotta do. Little knowledge like that could have just saved somebody's life right. because you knew what to do with it. There's another superpower that you wanted to talk about. Yes. The power of no. The what power is, of what, what no. Is, what does that mean? Talk to us about that. I tell people, you need to tell somebody no at least three times a day. <laughs> Start with your children. <laughs> They're the easy ones to practice on. Um, the power of no. Man, saying no would keep us out of so many situations. And a lot of times we don't know either how to say no mm -hmm. or when to say no. Right. Um, so we could look at it depending on how you like to look at things, either when to say yes or when to say no. So one of my trainers, shout out to Carlos Down, in Panama City, Florida, he gives it the what if, the I hope, and the no test. So when you're trying to decide whether you should say yes or you should say no, the first one is the what if. What if I say yes? So what if my friends ask me, let's say I'm a teenager, my friends say, yo, I got my parents' car for a couple hours, we got some beer, we about to go riding down to the lake, blah, blah, blah. What if I say yes? If I say yes, uh, I hope we don't get caught with this beer. Uh, I hope my parents don't find out. Ooh, I hope, I hope. When you gotta start hoping that negative <laughs> stuff don't happen, yeah. you should probably say no. Okay. So when it's the what if I say yes, mm -hmm. and if you got to hope now, if you say what if I say yes, ooh, I hope we have a good time, right. ooh, I hope the drive ain't that long, ooh, I hope so-and-so is there, then you should probably say yes. How does your hope feel? Does right. it feel like I hope some negative shit don't happen, right. or do I hope good stuff happen? And based on that I hope statement, it should help you determine whether you say yes or you say no. Right. The power of no. I hear so many women that that's what they'll tell me, man, I just wish I could say no like you do. But I tell people, usually if you ask me, I'm just so quick to say no. Mm -hmm. Like that's just, a, my kids got me like that. You know, <laughs> I really haven't even processed what you said. It's the fact it's that you asking me know. something, it's, it's just like, know. no. Uh, my trainer said the same thing, he said, when I don't really know you, I'm gonna tell you no for about a year. 
Right. Like, you know, because yeah. I just, I don't know how you move. And it's good for business, personal relationships, because we keep wanting to give people the benefit of the doubt. Right. You know what I mean? And people are manipulative. People right. are out to use you. People are setting you up. You right. know what I mean? Ladies and children especially, not to count men out, but, man, we have got to that situational awareness. Right. It's people out here to do bad things. That's their job. And they will... Um, play nice right. for a while to get to the evil. You know what I started doing like many, 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 many years ago? Just because of just the life, lifestyle journey I've been through. Um, and as a person like um, that can legally carry, right, and legally, um, I do legally carry. If I feel like I have to have my gun in places, like I tend not to like go frequent yeah. those places, yeah. right? Like I tend to say no to those. If I feel like I need, like I'm gonna have it wherever I go, but I feel like I have, like, right. like I can't, like, like sometimes, like rare moments, I'll be running to the grocery store and feel like, damn, I forgot my, my right, but right, I ain't, I ain't right. Really, any, anything can happen in grocery store, but it's really less likely for me to run into some trouble just because of the person I am. Until I don't get off that, I ain't looking for no trouble either, right? Um, but if I feel like I'm going to any environment that I like. I'm going to have my strap with me. No, I probably won't be going. I probably won't be, like, taking that drive or visiting that area or being in that club or whatever it may be, that space. And so that's how, that's how I started saying no. So, Madam President yes. of the Middle Tennessee Black Gun Club, um, talk to us about that, um, your role, uh, the purpose, what y'all want to accomplish here throughout Middle Tennessee how people can get involved and get active. That's what's up. Middle Tennessee Black Gun Club, um, where I do serve as the Madam President. Um, the ideal behind bringing a Black Gun Club to this area uh, was from getting in the business, being a firearm instructor. Um, and to be honest, I feel like not enough people were training and maybe the problem was uh, the cost um, or maybe the problem is not having like-minded people around or people that share this interest to work with on this um, so a, another instructor my brother Denzel Caldwell we got together with a couple other uh, business-minded people that were also interested in protecting themselves and being a part of the club got together and we formed it. Um, so we're we're a little over a year in, um, but a majority of it was getting the business side of it um, together. Um, it's a lot of work, um, it's dedication, but again, the goal, the mission is safer communities. So maybe we can get more people over here actually training and learning if they don't have to pay a hundred plus dollars per session. So right. what they do is they just pay a monthly subscription fee. We have different um, levels. Uh, so as little as $25 a month, the, the highest is $50 a month. It includes, um, we have different events. Um, we have training. We talk about things like when the permitless carry bill, um, that's what we really push a lot of is understanding. Um, so it gave us this community. And it's also putting us back into just the black tradition of firearms, period. Um, a lot of great books out there, um, Negroes with Guns, um, Robin Williams' story is a very good place to start. Um, we shoot back, 
Um, just this is this runs deep in our history. This runs deep in our culture. But at some point, and we know slavery played a huge part. But even after that, civil rights is what got us back on track with arming ourselves, protecting ourselves. There's a lot of black communities that did not play. They would go head up with the KKK. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It, they was down for whatever. But, of course, you don't hear those stories. You know, Black right. History Month, that's not going to be taught at your elementary school. You're not going to learn about Ida B. Wells. You're not going to learn about Fannie Lou Hamer, Robin uh, Williams, you know, a lot of these people. Um, so it's our job. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why I love Denzel, my sergeant at arms, I, he slash historian slash bring the facts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and a lot of the trainers that I deal with, um, black men. They have degrees in African-American studies and things like that. So that's where I started learning more about the firearms tradition in the black community. So this is not new. Right. Um, this is just us bringing it back. Um, what we want to push is the history. You know, mm -hmm. of course, safety, responsible firearms owners. Um, also, again, talked about the pricing and the value. Um, we have people like J.C. Shegog, an amazing trainer, a master instructor, and you can get them for 40 bucks through the club. You know right. what I mean? When he's doing an event where that same class we have, like for the men, the standard, typically if he would throw that through his business, he's taxing you 225 250 easy. Right. And we're saying here's the same training for 40 bucks. Yeah. So we wanted to put the opportunity out there, um, especially for our underserved communities. And, again, it's deeper than a gun. I'm certified in Stop the Bleed training. Um, we brought a trainer down for that. We're bringing somebody down for like the survivor prepping, you know, so we'll have things like that. It's all about how do we preserve our community? How do we protect our community? How do we be comfortable doing it? Um, but it costs money to protect yourself. It does. So we're hoping through the club, like I said, through membership fees, through events, um, in the future sponsors, you know, sponsorships. Um, we have community partners, people that can help with resources so we can get our people trained. How can people, um, if they're watching this and looking at this, especially women, right? Mm -hmm. um, how can they um, get tapped in with you in the Middle Tennessee Black Gun Club? We are on Facebook, Instagram. Um, we have a wonderful website, midtnbgc.com, uh, um, which it'll take you, navigate you through wherever you need to go. You can get some dope gear there, too. Okay. Um, so, the, yeah. Get the merch. Right. Get the merch. But, um, but, yeah, they can sign up for membership there. A lot of questions get answered there. Um, articles that we've been featured in, news. It's all in there, okay. uh, information about the permitless carry. And you can just, even if you're not want to be a member right now, you can just subscribe to the website right. and get newsletters. Um, when we have events, they're open to the community. Members get a better deal right. on the event, but we still try to keep it open to everyone. Well, look, hey, D, Madam President. That's right. I appreciate your time. I appreciate Man. you um, sharing and dropping these gems. I appreciate you um, encouraging our women um, to get trained, get practice, learn about firearms, yes. learn how to be their own superhero. I really like that. Yeah. Um, and I like the knowledge that you dropped about how men can be allies. And um, I like that term, allies. Yeah, we need that. Yeah. I let the women... Um, I get a lot of my bros in the business to come be range safety officers or assistant right. instructors, and I tell the women... I know some of you have had bad experiences with men, 
um, and you don't want to deal with them, but I want to introduce you to some good guys. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And and start trying to change that narrative too. But also, you know, we need um, diversity is good, and we need mm -hmm. more women being trainers and instructors. Yes. And so uh, I know you offer that too. I do. Uh, and so I encourage all women out there, uh, especially in underserved, um, marginalized, mm -hmm. minority people of color, black communities mm -hmm. um, to reach out to you um, for that, especially, you know, specifically women to reach out to you yes. um, and learn, you know, and be inspired and like get out there and do it. Oh, you yeah. Know, um, you never know. Not only save your life, you might save a life or two. Yeah, you know? for real. Yeah. And I got some stuff for y'all. We got a simulator. I got the simulator training um, going on now this year. Right. Got some stuff I can't say out loud just yet. Because a lot of people be trying to take my ideas and beat me to it, even though it don't matter to me because it's not going to look like how I'm going to do it. But, um, but yeah, we got some really good stuff coming up in this area, especially for the ladies. I got to get back yeah. to the ladies. Yeah, hey, so. this, this, hey this, this one is for the women. Right? That's this right. This one is for the women. And, uh, look, I got to say this so people can know. Happy early birthday. That's right. Shout out, out to the Aquarius. It was a happy early buildings. birthday. You know, I had to, I, I, I hooked her up with some ammo for her birthday. She told me, she said, she said, you better bring me some. She didn't even give me a chance. It's right. And so I, <laughs> I look. <laughs> but, uh, but girls no, with guns. Hey, girls, girls with guns. We need y'all. Girls with guns. You know, um, but now I appreciate you. Appreciate the thing that you stand for, that you're doing um, to empower women in our community, community, empower community in general, and keeping, keeping community safe. Yes. And, um, and encouraging uh, more folks to get involved with firearms in different ways. Right. In different ways, in our diverse ways, not just owning one and having one, but in, in other ways. Uh, so thank you. Man, thank you. We're gonna I bring appreciate you. Because we, we know to. things are going to happen. Right. So we're going to bring you back on current events and things and to just to keep inspiring women that, hey, you know, this is something y'all can get involved in too. Yes. Yep. All right. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it. All right. Holla.